This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Welcome in. It's Purple Daily. It is Reckless Draft Speculation Tuesday with our friend Reckless Speculation. Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros during the season. He was part of the Before We Die podcast uh, on Purple Daily. Thor, welcome back, our friend. Our hey, thanks a lot. loving friend. Good to be with you. That, that was an awesome intro. Man, the news is coming fast and furious Dude. with the Vikings. So I've been I've been so stoked to talk to you guys. It is uh I mean it's been what a what a week and a half from Eric Kendricks was sort of the, the starting point of Vikings moves and Thielen and the we'd love to get your thoughts at some point on just the passing of Bud Grant. So a lot a lot a lot of Vikings fans had their heads sort of spinning the last week and a half. This show, by the way, Purple Daily, presented by our friends at TCL an official partner of the NFL now. TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Learn more at TCL.com. Got my TCL TV over here. with uh, Judd, you've got one over there to your left and right. Oh, yeah. I'm surrounded by them. It's outstanding. NFL Network and Shefty. I love watching these morning shows because all of a sudden, like like this morning on Get Up, you know, Greeny's trying to corral like five different people all of a sudden like graziano will get up he'll like take a phone call in the middle of the show oh my god at one point Schefter just like left the screen because he was on the phone came back and said uh the jets are gonna sign alan lazard <laughs> that's the new thing now like it, it, it's become a competition to like pick up your phone the other thing too is rapaport was saying this yesterday if his phone would ring during a segment he'd pick up the phone say I'm on the air. Don't give anyone else the scoop and put the phone down. He would say that while he's live they on said TV? It, he, he said that he and Garofolo said that no fewer than five times, and I couldn't figure out if it was a bit. I think it was serious. <laughs> Don't give anyone else the scoop, and then he would hang up. And at one point, there there was one where it was Garofolo, Pelissero, and Rappaport all on the, say, all on the screen in split boxes like this. Somebody called... Garofolo, he said, I'm on the air. I can't talk. Don't give an, anyone else the scoop. Pelissero made fun of him by picking up his phone to, to be like, oh, yeah, okay, I got the scoop now. He was joking. Rappaport actually got a call from the guy, I think, picked up the phone and walked off the screen. And there was like this big, Dude. pardon my French, pissing match oh between God. these two guys for who could get the scoop. Um, what an amazing life those guys lead. I just... Always Don't know how edge. they do it. 
Man, Thor, what has been, so a bunch of departures, Kendrick Thielen, Dalvin Tomlinson, they basically just gutting their defense, Cam Dantzler. So of all the departures and of the ads that we've seen, uh, Marcus Davenport and then uh, Josh Oliver, the the run-blocking tight end, what, what's, what's your favorite thing the Vikings have done so far? Favorite, well, I, I like the signing at Davenport. I, I didn't really, I hadn't seen it coming because I thought initially they would be more aggressive. For instance, with, with the cornerback hole and whatnot, we, obviously we saw Patrick Peterson leave, but the way that they delineated their resources coming out the gate, um, I, I like Davenport a lot. He's been coming on whatnot. Like he was a guy coming out that was a little bit raw when he came out of UTSA, but the flashes of him have been absolutely great. The pressure rates are are ridiculous. You put his his just his stats up against uh, Rashawn Gary, who the Packers had taken the next year in the first round. They are very favorable. Um, so I think you know as a guy that is going to be a one for one replacement for Zedarius. A lot of people have already made the note that you're going to save almost the exact same amount of money by moving on from Zedarius that you have now paid Davenport for one year. Then you get him on that one year deal. If he blows up. Because this guy does appear to be on a precipice. I don't think he is done improving yet. And if he blows up in that, as we know, extremely aggressive Brian Flores defense, then you have some options with him for next year. You know, what, what, however you want to do it, but you could put the franchise tag on him, et cetera. Or if he doesn't pan out as, as is hoped, you, you can let him go. I also thought the Josh Oliver signing was really interesting because I had been thinking this, we were going to be moving more into the three true wide receivers. But with the amount that they spent on Oliver, and I think it's justified. Oliver has turned himself into a very good player. Very good. Like coming out of college, we knew that he was a good receiver. We knew that he was a good athlete. But he's also turned into this versatile piece where he can also now block. So with him there and with Hawkinson there, would seem that that's going to take up two spots in the lineup or on most plays. So maybe now you're looking more for the true outside receiver as opposed to the slot. So also, let's uh, delve deep into what this might mean. I believe it was during the playoffs that we had a conversation about the fact that the Chiefs actually used a lot of, dare I say it, 13 personnel last year. They were actually, they, they had looks that had three tight ends because it creates real problems. I wonder if O'Connell is toying with a 13 look as well. Mm. With, with yeah. because, because Hawkinson's a hybrid, right? So he's not a yes. true tight end, but he is a tight end. This guy can block, but this guy can catch a bit, and I don't think he's really gotten a chance. Um, he, he, he was actually big. He was a big pass catcher in college. Yes. Which is yes. Like, and in Baltimore, you're not going to get the ball, and Hawkinson obviously will get the ball here. But I wonder if this is trending towards at least deploying 13 personnel packages, especially since we don't know who the number two receiver is going to be here. So you could get around that at times by going 13. I'm not saying consistently, but anything that Andy Reid does, if you're a smart offensive mind, is probably worth monitoring and potentially stealing. And that was the first thing that came to mind is I wonder if Kevin O'Connell saw that on film and thought, you know what, there's some real potential there. 1,000%, and he's not the only one, right? Like, the smartest offensive minds in the game right now, this is what they're doing. Uh, McVay was using the fullback more than than most teams uh, these last couple years. And then you think about the 49ers with Shanahan, where they have all these different versatile guys, and every time the 49ers leave the huddle, you can't predict coming out where – uh, McCaffrey's going to line up where the use check guy is going to line up where Kittle's going to line up. It's almost like Debo's going to line up. 
Ayuk's going to line up. It's almost like shuffling the cards every time they come out of the huddle. And then the defenders, there's all this confusion, even just getting to the line of like, okay, he's there, he's there, he's there, introduces that. And then the ability to shift guys across uh, before the snap and et cetera. This is how you can create mismatches and how you can create indecision in the defenses. And I agree. I think Oliver is going to be used quite heavily in, uh, you know, obviously immediately. It's it's one of those because it's obviously not a guy that's in, in fantasy rankings. It's not a guy that's going to – you look at his numbers, you're like, Who's, what? he's only caught 20 passes in four years or whatever. What's Why is – of, of you know, the limited resources the Vikings have, you know, why would this be the first sort of big signing? And if you simplify it from kind of like the schematic standpoint that you guys are talking about, and then you also look at the fact that the Vikings running game was putrid last year for large chunks. And it wasn't just because Dalvin Cook is eroding, right? It was the, you know, they just, they had a hard time opening up holes. Alex Boone did a great job on his, you know, film breakdowns of saying, I, you guys are like overrating how cooked Dalvin Cook is. Like, look at some, look at how often he's getting, you know, mauled before he gets in the line of scrimmage. So Josh Oliver is here, 25 years old, to help with some of that. Is he going to be the focal point of the offense or a star? No, but his cap hits like three and a half million on the Davenport front. And then we'll get to, we'll get to some more uh, like 2023 draft centric discussions here. But for how long? Like, what was the first year you started? Because you are one of the most in depth draft minds. If, if you're new to Thor Nystrom. Uh, no one is more thorough in their coverage and studying of the NFL draft than Thor. When did you start studying the NFL draft? Oh, well, when I was a kid, but like, you know, okay. professionally, you know, stacking the, <laughs> my mom still makes fun of me for like in the basement, I'd be writing like little things on pieces of paper, like doing mock drafts. I actually got caught in high school one time. Cause I had all the draft magazines, like under my book in history class. And the teacher caught me. Wait, and then so after- like, so guys like Judd get caught with playboys yeah, like under hustler, their bed. Hustlers <laughs> in my school books. And you've got like Mel Kuyper's. Like, is that, uh, yeah. Is that Mel Kuyper's? Yeah. Is that a quarterback in his underwear? <laughs> he asked to see me after class, his history teacher, and he, and he said, you know, I, I saw what you were doing, whatnot. And he said, we have a test on Friday. If you get an A, I'll never bother you about that again. He said, if you don't, we got problems. I scored a 97 on that test, and the, wow. the man, he was a man of his word. And look at you now. We're just yeah. kicking his feet up in class after that, just uh, reading draft it's magazines. Just, so my so, and, yeah, three, so three, a yeah. long time is the answer. And I, and I ask because you have enough sort of – sample size in your career evaluating this Marcus Davenport classic example of a guy that measured and tested off the charts he ran a, he, this dude is like an athletic freak right he ran a sub 4640 and and even like his pressure his pass rush win rate and his pressure percentage in the NFL Football. are top 20 the guy had 0.5 sacks last season 0.5 sacks so my question to you is You've seen a million edge rushers, a million players. When a guy tests and measures the way that he did to be a first-round pick a few years ago, and he did have nine sacks two years ago, so I, in fairness to him, why has the athletic ability and even some of the pressure rates not translated to actual sacks or just sort of a higher, more consistent profile uh, at his position? And, and, and how much more room is there for a 26-year-old to fulfill that? So, you know, a part of the reason why I disagreed with the Saints when on draft, his uh, Marcus Davenport's draft year, I believe they had traded a future first round pick to move up to get Marcus Davenport. And he went a little bit earlier than than I had him ranked. I did have him ranked as, as a first rounder. But the reason I disagreed with that was 
he's got this one superpower, this one special sauce, and that's the speed to power. He's a speed to power freight train is, is what he is. Um, you know, he, he gets moving real quick downhill. Obviously, the, the 40 times and the explosion uh, test, they speak for themselves. And then he when he gets there, he's coming with the, the, the oomph. Um, on his flash plays, that's where it coalesces, where he's able to get free, and then he just goes and clocks the quarterback. He gets to him so dang quickly, but it's a little bit, you know, it's it's a little bit usage specific uh, initially. Where the thing that I was concerned about it was that sort of the side to side movement, whatever. I trust a guy like Marcus Davenport in a system with Brian Flores being more of a usage specific edge that maybe, you know, again, we'll see how much he can grow with, with some of this different stuff, but we always knew he had that special size utility of, of North South speed to power. Um, and he is a freight train in those scenarios. So that's what I think using him better, I, I think is going to help out. And and I'll say, you know, to your point about uh, the only the half a sack, uh, Marcus Davenport's pressure rates the last couple of years were real, real good. I think that half a sack, I think that's fluky. The pressure rate is the thing that sustains. The sack numbers can sometimes go up, down, depending on just circumstantial things, right? You know, you get to the door, but you don't quite get them down, whatnot. But the pressure rate something that's a year-over-year thing. The, Vi- the Vikings will find out that Marcus Davenport consistently gets heat on the quarterbacks. So, Thor, there um, – it- oh. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, well, you – you think that's football? I'm going to ask a question that's going to take it up. That's going to become football porn, uh, and it's this: Marcus Davenport plays a or played in a four-three. If I'm not mistaken, with the Saints, correct? I believe their base was a. I, I mean, teams changed this up, but he played a base four-three. Zadarius obviously is a three-four outside linebacker, but he's a pass rush specialist. I wonder what this says about Brian Flores' plans, though, because now you're going to bookend, I would guess, Daniil Hunter and Marcus Davenport, who are far more traditional 4-3 guys. Um, I wonder what the – because, you know, there's a big difference for a guy who's had his hand in the ground to to say stand up. I thought Hunter could do it because he's just so versatile and good. But I wonder what the plan is now since you're going to go with two guys that are used to having their hand in the ground in a 4-3 as opposed to an outside linebacker in a 3-4. Absolutely. Um, I happen to think just because of that skill set that we're talking about, that he is going to be able to handle that transition to three, four, uh, you know, outside linebacker edge rusher uh, better than, you know, maybe initially than a guy like Daniel Hunter. We see Marcus Davenport do that a bit, um, but now it, it seems like that's going to be full time. I don't, I don't believe the Vikings would try to deploy him as a, as a three, four hand in the dirt defensive end. They, they want bigger guys doing that. Yeah. But again, Marcus Davenport, the special sauce, it's coming downhill attacking. You don't want him doing the rest of the stuff. If Ed Donatel had this guy, he'd probably drop him into coverage 50 times next year. Luckily, we're not going to get that from Flores. Flores <laughs> knows this guy is. Let him off the leash, and he will hound quarterbacks. That's all Marcus Davenport's going to be doing, putting heat in off the edge. And the, the straight line speed, you know, we were talking about the athleticism. Uh, ran a 4.58 at the NFL Combine at six, almost 6'6", six, six, 264 pounds. His overall RAS score, Marcus Davenport, 96 percentile, almost the 97 percentile. The agility scores, actually, he tested a little bit better in the agility than, than I had thought with his tape. Was 63rd percentile in the shuttle and 71st in, in the three cone. But again, it's because it's like a, a young pitcher who can throw like 90 miles per hour as a kid, and you, you never have to develop some of those secondary pitches. He always had that special sauce of the, again, the speed to power thing. What I would love to see the Vikings try to do with Marcus Davenport a little bit, because this kid's still young, right? He just got off his rookie deal, et cetera. I think 26 or whatever, is try to to develop a couple secondary pitches. If you can even get a sort of a get me over 
uh, change up. You don't need a Bugs Bunny change up here. You just need to get me over change up or get me over breaking ball. It's going to keep offensive linemen from sitting back dead right on that speed to power thing, which makes the speed to power thing even more effective. But now also if they're sitting back waiting for that thing, trying to get, you know, the anchor, whatnot, um, then you can start throwing these other moves at them. I think that's the next step of Marcus Davenport's evolution. The Bugs Bunny changeup, one of the greatest pitches in baseball history. Easily, yeah. Yes. To get a ball to stop in midair like that. One, is, two, uh, three, you're out. Quite, quite <laughs> impressive. Um, so uh, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, he's off to, to Cleveland to go play a, a four-year, let's see, $57 million contract, $27.5 million guaranteed. So he's gone. And we, we kind of went over this on our, our other episode of Purple Daily Today, Thor. And the, the, the defensive gutting just continues here. Kendrick's gone. Dantzler, Patrick Peterson, Dalvin Tomlinson. By the time people listen to this, maybe there's resolution on Zadarius Smith, Harrison Smith, Chandon Sullivan, Duke Shelley, both starters, gone, 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 gone. So uh, Harrison Phillips is under contract. Tonga is, is you know, he flashed for a chunk of last season, but it would seem like interior defensive line that can also get pressure on the quarterback should be a priority for the Vikings. Who do you like? Who might be there? Give us, I don't know, give us, Guys that that could fit that need in the first round, and any sneaky guys that might be available, you know, third, fourth, fifth rounds. Who do you like interior trenches defense? Yeah, the 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 guy for the first round to potentially keep an eye on would be Brian Brise from Clemson. I don't know if he's going to end up falling back that far, but there is a shot because Brise came in as one of the top recruits the entire nation when he went to Clemson, and he showed off the athleticism, uh, the athletic profile, this draft process. But at Clemson, he was on the field, off the field, on the field, off the field. He was getting nicked up with injuries and different stuff like that. And we saw his ability to put pressure on on the quarterback. Um, Didn't see as much consistency against the run. That would probably be the one question that Flores would have. Can you occupy blockers? Because Brise is more of like the stretched out interior defensive lineman. But certainly he has the frame to add additional pounds. And he was used in a specific way by Clemson that, you know, I, I think they could modify a bit potentially if, if they ended up liking his game. Outside of that, it's probably something that, where it's a day two thing. Um, one guy that I like that doesn't get a, a lot of talk is Maisie Smith from Michigan. Uh, he's It seems like he's going to fall back a little bit. Maisie Smith was one of the top Bruce Feldman freak listers um, in, in last year. He might have even been the top one. I'd have to look it up. Um, but a very productive interior defensive lineman at Michigan. Minnesota would have to dig in a little bit into this situation where they, he, I guess he had a gun on campus, but then the Chargers ended up getting dismissed, as I understand. So the Minnesota would just have to do their due diligence on that. Uh, Maisie Smith did not get suspended for this. That, that was an incident that happened near the end of the season. Uh, Michigan obviously felt comfortable enough to keep him on the field. But Maisie Smith, 6'3", 323, and a ridiculous freak athlete at that size. And again, a guy that it seems like he is going to fall into day two. You'd, you'd need a second round pick. He ain't falling to, you know, the 20th pick in the third round or wherever the Vikings are, whatever. Um, but, but you know, if you can get, you trade back or if they ended up trading up, the second round would be a good spot for him. A couple others that I toss out, the two planet-sized uh, sort of, uh, you know, warmonger type, you know, uh, knock the head of the offensive lineman together, guys, in this class, Siaki Ika from Baylor. Uh, he he measured in 6'3", 335. You know, so one of one of the big hog mollies in there. I comp him to Danny Shelton. He didn't he didn't test as well. He had a he had twentieth percentile RAS, but his game is just grabbing two guys and knocking their heads together and letting the linebackers flow behind him. And then the other one, he's a bit of a sleeper, but in the same ilk. Jared Clark from Coastal Carolina. You want to talk about a guy that you can get in day three that's going to return value, might be able to play immediately. Jared Clark, 
six three and a half, three 343 pounds. He measured in at the combine and his rest. So it's, it's only the 47th percentile, but the his three cone and different stuff like that, he tested way better than you see 343 pounders doing it. And you see that on tape with him when you were watching Coastal. For how big he is, he's nimble on his feet. He'd be a very good fit in this system, sort of as a fulcrum point as well. I think those are a couple guys I toss out. Hey, one name that keeps getting mocked, at least we've seen it two or three times, uh, mocked to the Vikings, and maybe you touched on him, but just if you could expand on Kalijah Cansey from Pitt. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of in that like late first, that if, you, if maybe it's a reach to take him in the first, but you don't have a second-round pick. What are your thoughts on him? I actually think he might end up going before the Vikings um, just because of how, like he tested like, like freaky deaky, you know, in terms of like the 40 and, and the different stuff. We, I'll have to pull up his, his Rasgard here, but the, the way he tested and the penetration, it spoke for itself in college, the, the sacks and, and the, 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 the percentage uh, penetration rate. He he was so dang quick side to side. He's like, uh, it's like playing Frogger, you know, left and right with the <laughs> offensive line. And they're like teeter tottering or whatever. And then the acceleration is ridiculous. So he gets on you really quick and then he can move either way. And and the, the moves, his pass rushing repertoire, it just all flowers out of that. He's just so skilled with the movement. The reason I don't see him as much of a fit maybe than some other folks do for the Vikings, number one, I don't know that he gets the Viking spot in the first round. The other thing is he's such a unique uh, player in terms of his dimensions. That's like if Kalaji Kansi was bigger, he would be, you know, he'd be like a top 10 guy or whatever. The only reason that he's, he could fall into the, the middle first round or who knows, maybe even the late first round is because of that size. He measured into the combine 6'1", 281. Mm. Um, but again, ran a 4'6", which was uh, – dang near 100 percentile you know i think it was second or third at that size um but like for me kalijah Kansi is a three technique guy in a four three system that's what you want him doing and then you get you you can allow him to shoot gaps stuff like that he's not the guy that's going to occupy that's not what he's trying to do he's trying to shed he wants to get rid of that offensive lineman as quick as possible and then go hunting in the backfield in the three four system i don't know that there's as much usage for the kind of player that he is when you're looking for the bigger interior uh defensive lineman that, that, that can do more varied things. Whereas Kalijah Kansi, it's it's one trick utility, one trick pony, but that trick is real cool, but probably for a 4-3 team. So you're just t- talking about like a Jerry Ball, Grady Jackson type of just mammoth human being to clog things up, which is... Yeah, you know, when, when we're talking about Siaki Eagle, when we're talking about Jerry right, Clark, that's those, that, yeah, exactly. That That's what we're looking for. Um, What the William, Pat Williams, we're, that's what we're looking for there. But yeah, Kansi, it's... um. It's hard to even get an analogous for him. People were comping him to Aaron Donald just because they both went to Pitt, but Cansey's even smaller than Donald. And in terms of the speed, he tested quicker, you know, than than Donald, but not the same kind of guy because Donald's country strong, right? Like the strength always at his size always sort of stood out. That's the biggest problem on Kalijah Cansey's evaluation, which is where I think it's a bridge too far with the three four. So Thor, how, how do you or how do you think teams go, go about assessing guys too now though? Because you know, your base defense is what you start the game with ordinarily or or what you work on training camp in initially. But now, you know, three fours play four threes play. And it's almost I feel like um, especially on the def- defensive side for most teams already, I feel like it's becoming like basketball positionless at times. And the smart teams use guys in different ways. So how do you think the scouting process works now? Because I feel like it used to be very traditional to your point. If you were trying to find a nose tackle, you just were trying to find a huge human being. That still is good. That still is fine. But there's definitely been a shift of sorts. So how much do you think that's changed the actual scouting process and discussions as teams go about drafting defensive players? 
That's very well said, Judd. Yeah. And as we know, Flores, you know, when we saw him uh, specifically as the head coach of the Dolphins, but the, before then in his time as, as a coordinator, he's got his base defense, but he does switch into those, you know, multiple fronts, right? So you will see uh, instances every single game where they are, they do have a four-man front and, and different stuff like that. And then obviously the schematic things he does are also really interesting, but even the way that they're sort of approaching the line and setting up, you're going to see that varied for sure. So, yeah, I mean, your point's well taken as far as that goes. But Cansey, I think, in a system like that would be – it would be situational-specific situational, situational how he would be used initially. And I think a lot of times it would be in – you know, when you have the four guys down and then it's the, the pure pass rush sets. So, so you know, when you're thinking about the Vikings and all these different holes that they have to fill and the limited cap space that they have to do it and the fact that they only have five uh, draft picks total, none in the second round, you, you have to get really – particular and specific about what you're bringing in, what you're using those limited resources on. And for me, I I wouldn't want a guy to use the first round pick on a guy where it's situational specific. If it was a different kind of a team with different need, a little bit different scheme, that's where I'd be all in on Kansi where it's like every single play, Kalijah, you just be you. You shoot those gaps, you do what you do, you get into the backfield. But in in the Viking system, I don't know that that would be utilized as much, you know, playing and play out at that specific position because Flores wants to bring it from everywhere. You know, so it's a little bit more all encompassing his his uh, strategy for for generating heat on the quarterback. It's so interesting. I'd be really curious to know, and I'm sure the answer is a lot. How much input has Brian Flores had on the defensive decisions so far? Right? Is he looking at this thing? Hey, Flores, what do you think about Kendricks? What do you think about like the Dantzler thing? You know, Dantzler. It's not like he, you know, he saves the Vikings a couple million to the cap, but this is now the second coaching staff, and maybe Flores even said, "Yeah, I'm good too." So make it a make it a third coach too, you know. D- Dantzler has kind of fallen out of favor with Mike Zimmer and and Kevin O'Connell. Um, obviously, the Vikings decided that they like Patrick Peterson. Peterson wanted to come back. He confirmed on his podcast. He says, I w- "I'd love to go back." Uh, and some combination of Quasi Flores and Kevin O'Connell said nope, and then they said nope on the Dalvin Tomlinson price tag, and they might be saying nope on a couple others here too. So um, I'm just, I guess, my question back to you, Thor, and then we're going to do a mock draft simulation is. What what types of players at all levels in in the with the remaining free agency, so cornerbacks, the dollars they have to spend, and then in the draft, you know, what types of young players can we expect a Flores defense to be targeting here with their remaining resources? Yeah, it was well said, Phil. And and to the point about that, I think the thing where you're seeing the manifest of it the most right now, it's it's in that cornerback room. You know, Peterson wants to come back, but like we talked about you know the last couple of months, and Peterson he can't handle man coverage no more. Well, what what do you got to do in Brian Flores' system when he's sending all the heat, whatnot? Sometimes he's going to leave his cornerbacks back on islands. Yeah. That's something we we that we t- saw zero times with Ed Donatel that we're going to see a whole lot next year. The cornerbacks have to be able to handle man coverage assignments one on one. Um, and that I think that explains the dancer thing. I was also really surprised when I got that notification just because we've been talking about all these different names, how you would open up cap room, who you would cut, whatever. Dancer was never brought up just because he, you know, still on the rookie deal, had a cheap deal, whatnot. You just weren't thinking about him as, as far as that goes. But when you start to think about it in hindsight, it makes a ton of sense with the switch to Flores because Cam Dancer, um, the scouts, they call him a silo cornerback where it's like, you know, he can play back in the thing. But then it's it's just forward. It, so it's the zone concept in that you know specific thing. But he's not the guy who's going to stay with you all across the formation. The way that the Vikings defense had had gone to Cam Dancer, he's going to get stranded if you leave him one on one with some of these receivers with movement in the open. He's going to get shaken uh, really really easily. So I think that explains that. And and I think Brian Flores' fingerprints are all over these transactions. 
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. You guys want to mock? You guys want to do a little, 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 I want a little mock. mock draft oh. simulation? I, I need a mock. cigarette first. <laughs> <laughs> before before we mock here, uh, there's uh, there's there's two manly things I think that we can that we can put at the top of the show. There's there's how manly football is, right? But then there's how manly shaving your footballs is, mm-hmm. right? And just keeping her uh, keeping her nice and groomed, Declan. Yeah, it's important to you know keep keep them nice and groomed down there. And see, even springtime's coming up, Thor. It's time, you know, you want to tame that mane a little bit, you know. The springtime's warming up. We got 50-degree weather, and as much as you love to have the beard, you got to have that beard nice and groomed a little bit. Whether it's hanging out and you got to trim it up, springtime's coming, and you want to enjoy that nice beard there, go check out our friends at Manscaped. You can get the Beard Hedger, which will receive three free gifts, too, by the way, a beard brush, comb, scissors, that beard balm also on there, too. You know, just It's not just shaving the face. You need that balm on it. You need that shampoo. You need to take care of uh, that beard. And right now, you can save 20% and free shipping with the promo code PURPLE. The promo mm. code PURPLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Free shipping on any item at Manscaped. It's in the link in the YouTube comment section as well. Go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Yeah, don't look like a werewolf. All right, let's let's uh, let's be adults here with with our beards. Uh, Judd, if the audience is looking to lose weight, I think you and a bunch of other Purple Daily listeners have been great examples through Livia the last year and a half or so. Yeah, I was going to say once that beard looks good and you're in fighting shape and set to, to go out, do you know what's next? You're looking in the mirror. You're like the winter is taking its toll on my waistline, and I'm going to tell you right now, Livia Weight Control Centers is how you get that weight under control and keep it that way. You're looking at the guy on the left, you're thinking, is that the guy on the right? Because the guy on the right, I mean, that is a good look. Look at how that suit fits. Look, I'm man. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's the same guy. It's me. It's Sports Dad. And what it is, is it is pre-Livia Weight Control Centers and post. And right now, have I got an offer for you? Eight weeks for free. So you're thinking about, I need to drop the weight. I'm going to tell you right now, the plan is as simple as possible. And again, it's weight control centers. It's not a quick fix diet. So the dietitians there, they're going to help you get the weight down. And then most importantly, they're going to help you keep it off. Again, eight weeks for free. 855-GO-LIVIA, livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. All right, gentlemen, it is time here for our weekly mock draft simulation, the PFF mock draft simulator. I don't know about you guys, but I've I've received a ton of notes the last couple of weeks just saying, screw you guys for introducing me to the PFF mock draft simulator. <laughs> I now do nothing other than just yeah. run mock drafts. I think work all day production long. of our of our viewers has taken its toll, don't you? <laughs> yes, I think it has. So all right, here's my question to you guys. So I think just to change it up here, you can see the settings on the YouTube channel. Uh, these are the default settings here. I think I'm gonna change this just to make it play out a little bit differently. You can lean into, do you want the simulation to lean more like what the public would do versus the PFF board? I'm going to lean heavier into public here, and I'm going to crank up randomness a little bit. Because the draft, you know, we always have an idea, right, Thor, of how it's it, there's going to be four quarterbacks in the first seven picks and then this, right? But it's always crazy. Yes. Something always happens. 
So can I? Are you guys cool with me rant, ratcheting up the random randomness by one tick here in the setting? Let's settings? do it. I like okay. It. We'll do a five round mock. We are the Vikings. We're going to start it off slow. No trades uh, of players yet because at this point they haven't they haven't acquired any additional draft capital. So we'll do it. We'll do a five round mock. Let's look for opportunities, Thor. If you see an opportunity, if a guy is falling down the board. Uh, and we should trade up. You let us know. Otherwise, we're just going to kind of, this will be no set parameters on trades. We'll just go with the flow here, all right? Let's do it. So the Carolina Panthers are now on the clock with the number one pick. We will start the draft and see what happens here. We'll speed this up as we go along. Let's just see the first few picks play out. So Bryce Young goes number one to the Carolina Panthers. C.J. Stroud goes number two to the I Texans. Think that's gonna be, I think that's going to be at the end of the day. Is Thanks it because the pain, Frank Reich likes uh, taller quarterbacks, or what's your logic there? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I also heard that the owner likes uh, Levis a little bit, so he might not be. You can't totally discount that as well, but I, I think it'd be Stroud. And by the way, uh, the, the four quarterbacks have gone off the board. I just paused it at the eighth pick here. So, And the Falcons might kind of sense that this is happening because the Falcons just signed Taylor Heineke to a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. They also have Desmond Ritter, so they might be looking at this saying, yeah, it's probably not our year to... We're not going to pay to get up to the three spot. So you got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson Jr., Will Levis. You say Levis. I've heard Levis. Yeah, it's one that you can go either way. Uh, maybe it's maybe we can come up with a third way to pronounce it. Uh, Jalen Carter, Devin Witherspoon, the first corner off the board of the Lions, and then Anthony Richardson to the Raiders. So I'm going to ask you as our GM here, we're just your minion scouts, is there any reason at this point, now that those four quarterbacks are off the board, should we be looking to trade up at all as the board falls to us? Not not quite yet. It would be too cost prohibitive to get up to eight. So I, I think we gotta wait just a little bit and see what happens. But it's gone yeah. close to chalk so far as far as like those first seven guys. Hey Thor, d- d- does Richardson get to seven, in your opinion? I think at the end of the day, you're going to see a trade, probably Raiders and Cardinals, but it could be, you know, who knows, a, a different team, but that a different team trades to three. I think you're going to get quarterback one, two, three, four. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You know, teams are desperate, man. I mean, look at the Panthers. The Panthers basically just no, said, yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to pause it here at 17 so we can make a decision. The Panthers basically said, here's all of this draft capital and one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL. And we're going to spend the next 30 days figuring out who we're going to draft at number one or if we're going to trade back, right? They don't even know. There's not like an, a surefire Andrew Luck at the top of this board. Yeah. So, all right, we got the first, we got a little re- receipt, not a receiver run, but Quentin Johnston comes off the board here at 14 to the Patriots. Uh, we've got several corners off the board now, Thor. So we've got Witherspoon is gone. Christian Gonzalez is gone. Joy Porter Jr. is gone. And then uh, the edge rusher run as well with Miles Murphy, Tyree Wilson, Lucas Van Ness, and then Michael Mayer, the tight end to Washington. So we are, what, five or six picks away. Anything that we should make a phone call on here to the Steelers, or should we just let it keep going? I'm still standing pat, and the reason why is there's still three of the receivers that we like on the board. Almost assuredly, one is going to fall to us. That's Addison, probably where we're going to be leaning towards. Add, Addison well, to the cell. Oh, there we go. There's the run. No. Way oh, to go, no. Thor. Way to jinx Oh, no. Wait, no. right when I said that, the next two picks were receivers. Dang it. <laughs> now, we're, now we've been put to a decision. because Well, we still love Zay Flowers. We, you know, Zay Flowers, we need to get down. It doesn't look like Tampa going to take um, I'd be. I mean, the one team we'd have to be afraid of here is the Chargers. Okay, Deontay Banks off the board. So we could call the Seahawks or we could let it ride. So there's three teams in front of us here. 
Yeah. Your call, GM. What, what, what would can you do the thing where you see that you do the twentieth, and you do the twenty third, and then see what they're going to want from us? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what we got to give up. We'll see if it's the because uh, we got to toss in the one nineteen. Uh, yeah, see, see what it says. Oh, they would do it if we. That's you know. What, what about the one fifty nine? Let's let's try to lowball them a little bit. Ooh, what, oh, what about one seventy six? Throw throw both throw both in. <laughs> what about throw, no no just, just, just the one and see what it. That's sixty three percent. All right, let's see. Let's, let's do see it. what happens. Let's do it. Okay, let's we're gonna. So we're going to offer a trade to move up uh, with the Seahawks here. We're giving up. Uh, this would be a, a fifth-round pick. Because both the Chargers and the Ravens could take a receiver. We're down to oh. maybe give them 159 instead. Okay, GM. Let's offer this one. The 159. They've rejected both of these advances. How are they going to keep rejecting our trades? <laughs> <laughs> this might be a sign that we should just let them draft and see okay. what happens. Let, let's okay. do it. Let's just see what happens. Roll the dice here. Drop Zay. Drop. Drop Zay. Drop. Ooh, Nolan Smith to the Seahawks. All right, Chargers on the clock. See, this would be a scary scenario for the Vikings in April because the three receivers already off. You know, obviously, I want one of those four guys. And now the two teams in front of you, there's a shot that they take the receiver. So I, they, the Vikings might be sweating bullets in this scenario. Certainly, if the Chargers were going to take one, they're not going to trade back with the Vikings two spots and let the Vikings preempt yeah. them. So that that would be sort of that. I think we just have to stay here and see how it plays out now because I don't think the Chargers would actually trade this. All right, so 21 Chargers take Broderick Jones, Ooh, one the more, tackle one from more. Georgia. Ravens take Dalton Kincaid, a tight end. There, yeah, there so we're, we're going. Oh, Brise is still there, too. I didn't even know that. So it, this would be between Brise and Zay Flowers. I mean, that's the choice. It's Interior one, defensive lineman. So do you, want your, do you want your vegetables or do you want your sizzle? You know, you boys know I always go with the sizzle. But yeah. we, we, have got, we have gone receiver in the go sizzle. I mean, you go sizzle, baby. In this one, though, we could go Brice because he hasn't gotten to us many times in these scenarios. I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys what we do here. All right, Between Declan, sizzle or vegetables? Vegetables. Wow. What vegetables. A, what a, that, this is not well-disciplined adult. Vegetables. <laughs> Boo. All right, Judd, vegetables or sizzle? Oh, I'm going sizzle on this one. I'm going. I'm, Kevin O'Connell's hugging me right now. We're drinking oh, Don Perrion across the street at the Vikings uh, Lake Hotel. Right in the suite up there. We're on top of the world. All right. I know that the answer, the the, the correct answer should be vegetables. But damn it, I want the sizzle. We're <laughs> drafting Zay Flowers with the 23rd overall pick. Love it. Well, we got All Zay. Right. We got our boy. So, okay. So we're going to speed this up here. You're going to see these fly through. Our next pick is 87. Um, I What I'm going to do is I'm just going to go to 87 because... We don't get to look at all the players on the board till we get to 87, so uh, yep. there will be no trading up here. We're just going to get your thoughts on what's available here as we are on the clock with the 87th overall pick. Interesting. Not, yeah. Tanner McKee is still on the board here. Stanford quarterback. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you would have to think. I do like Tanner McKee. I, I'm going to rank him a little bit above this slot. Um, I don't rank him as high. PFF has him as a first rounder. That's. I mean, they, they really like him. I have him more as a late second, early third. But at this point, that would be fine value. Uh, the interior offensive lineman. I, I don't know. If the Ooh, Vikings some centers be, here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah look in that direction. Obviously, they wouldn't take Tank Dell after they had taken um, in the first round. Taken um, uh, Zay Flowers. The, the interior defensive linemen, do we have any of those guys or cornerbacks? I'd like to take a look at our uh, our options at those positions. Yes, I will give you uh, – I'll show you the, the best cornerbacks available here so you can take a take a gander. Okay, we don't want Hodges Tomlinson. He's too small. He's stuck in the slot, but I don't even know if he can be a standout there at his size and his athleticism. Kai Blue Kelly, I think he would be a guy that they would have to think about. Kai Blue Kelly had a lot of uh, snaps in college as an outside press man cover corner. 
Um, and I think he's, I mean, he's going to go here a little bit before PFF's a little bit lower on him than I am, but uh, he, he's an impressive player. And his dad played in the NFL for a super long time. You guys know how much they love bloodlines. Oh, bloodlines. Let's check out bloodlines. The other two I want to see is linebacker. And I want to see interior defensive line. Their linebackers will fall down a bit. And there's, there's three or four that could come in. And I think push uh, Mr. Hicks and his restructured contract out of the mm. lineup real quick. All right, let's go down a little bit and see who we got with Moro Ojomo from a bunch of Texas guys here. Yeah, we, we don't want here. him. He's kind of a tweener. Uh, Pickens, maybe, but like he, he could be in the fourth round. There's nothing here that I'm too interested in. Let's go. Let's see the linebacker. Okay. I love the way Thor is taking control here of the war room. This is great. <laughs> All right, here's your linebackers Dorian Williams. Ivan Pace Jr. Pace, yeah. So Pace would be interesting too. Um, Dorian Williams would be as well. We we taken him in past ones. I was just trying to see if, if if somehow a Jack Campbell had fallen down or a Drew Sanders from Arkansas, but it doesn't look like you know one of those top guys had gotten down. Um, so back to best player here. Yeah, let's, let's best go, player. Let's, we'll do that. Um, maybe we go. Uh, uh, Kai Blue Kelly here is the guy who is, has piqued my interest the most of, of what we've seen. You know, we didn't go the, the corner in round one. But like I said, the ethos, you're clearly seeing it with what the Vikings and Flores are doing. It's getting rid of the guys that cannot hang in man-to-man coverage. And and I, you're going to see now the acquisition of guys. We haven't seen any uh, signed yet. I think Kai Blue Kelly fits that like a glove. Uh, was a very good cover corner outside press man at Stanford. All right. Kai Blue Kelly is the pick here at 87. Our GM Thor. All right, we've got three picks left, and we are up on the clock here momentarily with the 119th pick right now. Okay, the the running backs, too, are going to become interesting. You know, the, obviously, there's a lot of talk with Cook. Obviously, Madison is a free agent. But yeah, let's just see the running backs that are on the board right now. Uh, I don't like Chase Brown. Deuce Vaughn's a little small. Dwayne McBride's an awesome first two-down grinder. You're going to need a pass-catching back with him. It'd be fun to take him, like a guy like that, in, you know, the fourth round, whatever. And then in the seventh round, you can always get an air back that can catch. So he's one of those guys that will fit really good in, a, in the two-man platoon. Eric Gray's another guy I think is a little bit underrated. His game sort of sneaks up on him, but he's super-duper well-rounded. Keaton Mitchell's just the, the straight-line sprinter, but a, a little bit small, but I, I, I like his game as well. Um, Go down just a little bit, Phil. Yeah, for, for right now, I, I think I, I might lean uh, pay, uh, Evan Pace from um, uh, Cincinnati. Okay, uh, so linebacker Pace here. Okay. And he, he's very, very, very athletic. Um, and I think he would be a good fit for Flores' system. All right, we just drafted an athletic linebacker. Imagine in that. The fourth round. That's an Let's oxymoron go. around the 2022 Vikings athletic linebacker. And now here's our fifth round pick here. Wow, dude, your, your guy Dwayne McBride, that running back you've mentioned a couple times, is still yeah, on the board here. Oh, man, it's going to be hard not to take Should we scoop him up? Well, let's Shoot. just go down just a little bit. He <laughs> can't help himself. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I just And we still need see. some meat and potatoes on the defensive line, right? We, we do. Still That's use. the one thing we – yeah, but Ojomo, some of these guys at the top, Kobe Turner, I don't even know that he got the invite to the combine. So a couple of those guys I'm not super interested in here. Um, Jared Clark, would, if Jared Clark is still available, he's the one interior defensive lineman around this range that I think oh, would be a good go. fit. There you go. Um, Coastal Carolina, he's right here. There you go. Um, yeah, let's, ta- let's, let's pop Clark because he's one of the best, you know, second best nose tackle in this class. But he, I think he's closer to Siaki Ika than people give him credit for. And then uh, our final pick here, 176, the last comp pick of the fifth round. And your guy, Dwayne McBride, is still him. sitting no, on the board. We got to take him, right? We got to take We're Dwayne taking McBride. the running back. We got to do it. All right, we'll see if PFF loves or hates our draft here. 
on the screen. Uh, they're giving us an A minus for the draft. Okay. Oh, A-. that's A-. way better than that's last time, Thor. You got like a C last time. A plus for Way to go. I always just try to improve. 1% each day, Judd. That's it. It's impressive. Amazing. So we got Zay Flowers in the first round, Kai Blue, and we went loaded up on defense, cornerback, linebacker, defensive interior, and then Dwayne McBride, uh, an established collegiate running back there with our guy Thor Nystrom from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. Great stuff, dude. Man, just what a week to be a football fan and a Vikings fan, huh? It's a great time of the year. Even though we don't give football on on Sundays, this roster construction It's more fun. It's better than a ton of games, Thor. (laughs) It sure is. There's a yeah. lot of games it's that aren't, aren't as good about. as the last couple of days. That's thousand cool, percent. We're, we're only going to see more and more of it, oh. and it's going to get really interesting with these draft prospects, how they can plug the specific holes that end up being left after the free agency process. Bring you can up. follow Thor on Twitter at ThorKU, just at ThorKU, and you can find him every Tuesday here uh, from now through the next uh, several weeks at least, talking draft, breaking down uh, prospects and whatnot. Appreciate it, Thor. We'll, uh, we'll do it. We're going get, to get some beers here sometime soon now that I'm in town. We'll, uh, we'll schedule something up. I'm in and can't wait. Appreciate awesome, it, boys. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Purple Daily here, reckless draft speculation every Tuesday. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. We'll see you later.